What is up, bosses? Let me tell you about our brand new sponsor to the show. It is Flippa. Flippa is the world's largest marketplace to buy and sell online businesses. They have everything from Shopify and Amazon stores, blogs and content sites, mobile apps, software as a service businesses, and domains. If you're a business owner looking for liquidity, Flippa is the perfect exit strategy. I'm going to tell you all about Flippa during the break in the show, but if you want to check them out right now, just go to flippa.com slash boss. That's F-L-I-P-P-A dot com slash boss. You can get registered as a buyer and tap into the mini businesses for sale. That's flippa.com slash boss. All right, let's get the show started. I'll give you a full explanation of how Flippa works during the break. Welcome to the Invest Like a Boss podcast. I'm Sam Marks. And I'm Johnny FD. We're self-made entrepreneurs who invest our own money and use modern technology to invest like a boss. Join us each week for exclusive interviews with our network of modern investors, business owners, and multimillionaires to discover new ways to invest our hard-earned cash. Guys, welcome to episode 201 of the Invest Like a Boss podcast. I'm in Kiev, Ukraine with my new ultra-cool wool hat that Derek in LA is absolutely jealous of. I think we're going to put a picture of that hat with you as our actual pick for this episode, Johnny. You guys have to see this hat. <laughs> um, explain, explain everybody what it is because I don't even know how to explain this thing. So it's a, it's a Russian banya hat. Uh, they only wear it inside saunas. It's made out of wool. It's supposed to keep your head, you know, from not frying when you're in this, you know, super hot sauna. And I've always wanted one. So I bought one today. And I just started to wear it as a normal hat because it's actually pretty comfortable. Like it keeps my, my ears warm. I'm like, and it was like, you know, a buck 50. <laughs> okay. Johnny, you know what I've realized since you've become a property owner is that tell me, tell me. prior to this, you lived out of just a, a, like a, like a big bag and a backpack and your la- laptop. And now you're like, I, I got space for stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to buy a lot of random shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the downside of of owning property and having a place you can store stuff, especially if you have closets. You know, I I'm actually still okay because I'm moving kind of around. Like I, I still haven't officially moved into my place yet. Actually, I'll be moving in basically next week. So when this episode comes, you know, you guys probably hear it. It's I probably be moving into my place, but it's it's still not finished yet. Uh I gave some kind of more in-depth details in the episode 200, which was our quarterly update for Patreons, if you guys heard that episode. But yeah, basically, I'm still kind of moving around from Airbnb. So I haven't bought too much stuff yet, but I've definitely bought more things. Super exciting stuff. I uh, can't wait to see the actual finished product. So that kind of brings me to our point. Let's just jump right into who we have on this week. So we're talking about co-living spaces and actually finding roommates in a large house. Uh, is anything like this going on in Kiev that you know of? <laughs> Not, oh, actually, you know what? It's funny. In Kiev, it's very popular to rent a room. It's kind of like New York, right? Price-wise. Price versus salary-wise, it's like New York. It's expensive to rent a place. And most people's income is like 500 bucks a month. So, you know, they can't spend you know, $500 on rent because they would be broke. So if they want to move out and they don't want to live with their parents, they have to have a roommate. So there's a lot of Facebook groups where people are just looking to rent a room. And the ads for these are, are, are partially hilarious, but also very strange. Like they, they look like dating ads. 
<laughs> so are they asking for uh, asking for pictures? I've actually seen this in LA when people are are scouting roommates. I used to be on like those like Facebook groups because it's so hard to find a good place in LA. And when you do, like you have to jump on it like that day because there'll be five other people that will take it the very next day. So you got to like spread your net out as far as you can. There's there's Facebook groups. There's you know Zillow, uh, Apartments.com, whatever, whatever there is. There's there's a hundred sites, but there's there's different listings on every single one. So some of these Facebook ones are really weird and it does sound more like a dating ad where they'll ask, you know, I want your picture. I want to know how old you are. I want to know what you do for work, um, what your like eating habits are, sleeping habits are. It's crazy. No, it is exactly like that here, except for people don't even uh, ask for it. It's, it's expected that you just, you just, um, like put that as, as part of your description. So the ones you sent me, the ones in, uh, in LA says a little bit about Dana and I, Dana works in the fashion and has a flex sketch working from home and the office. Dana enjoys going to the beach, traveling, working out with friends, trying new restaurants, exploring LA as I moved only about a year ago. I work in health and wellness and go to work every day. I love going to the beach, being active, trying new restaurants and coffee shops, the outdoors, being with friends, many people. I have a four-year-old mini Aussie who is non-hypoallergenic. <laughs> Someone who loves dogs is a must. Our apartment is welcoming and friendly atmosphere. And this being said, we are looking for a roommate who we can be friends with. Also prefer someone who is clean and curious other people's shared spaces. How much is that place, by the way? Um, let me go back. I think it was twelve hundred, which is crazy cheap for LA, actually. A thousand two hundred dollars to sh- to share an apartment just for a room. Yeah, and it, it's not a great apartment. <laughs> That's so insane, these are just ones man. I only had a, had a second to look into. There's some really crazy ones usually, but um, yeah. oh, no, the second one you sent me was pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was actually actually Donnie. That one is in Santa Monica, which is a very nice neighborhood of Los uh-huh. Angeles near the beach. Uh, 1550 per month. It's uh, you do get your own bed and your own bathroom though. Oh, that's insane how expensive that is. <laughs> but you can be with a spiritually inclined, conscious, and emotionally intelligent mama's boy who is a massage <laughs> therapist and father. I'm busy with other job stuff in the city, so usually gone, but not like really a reg job. I just can't even. <laughs> this is so LA the way the way these uh, are written. <laughs> I have, okay, like uh, H, the H is capitalized for no reason. I have my son every other week at the place and he'll stay in my room, but he's a good kid and just iPads or we watch movies and play cards. <laughs> I'm always contributing positive energy and a safe space. I'm chill and good vibes only. No drama. All caps, all caps, no drama. All caps. Which usually means Man. you are drama. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, so I definitely wouldn't want to live in LA. Uh, take a look at the, the link I sent you. This is a public group and you can just scroll down and, and just tell me what it looks like from first glance without even being able to read it. So obviously I can't read it because a lot of it's in Ukrainian. Also, all of it's in Ukrainian or Russian. Yeah. Do you see? Uh, okay, the first one, oh, Julia. Okay, okay, here's. Okay, I got. It. I see where you're at. <laughs> uh, this looks like she could potentially be a prostitute. <laughs> no, she's a beautiful girl. She's saying "Dobi dien, nasze with something like "Good good day." I want to rent a place. My budget is eight thousand. Uh, per month plus uh, utilities, which is like 300 bucks or something. Uh, she, she says, I'm 25 
you know, let's just let's just translate this because my, my Ukrainian is not very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, it's very similar to the LA one, but instead of people advertising the room and and inviting you to apply here, it's normal for you to apply and just people will tell you what is available. So this Julia girl, she posted a photo of herself, which is you kind of you have to if you don't post a photo, no, no one even look. And she says, I will live alone. I'm 25 years old. I have no bad habits. I work in an IT company, stable income, guaranteed timely payment and cleanliness. We'll consider any options. Let's, let's go down to the next one. Uh, you know what I'm noticing on these, Johnny, what? is there's not really anyone that's super unattractive. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, if you're unattractive, you can't, nobody will rent you a room. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's messed up. But like, <laughs> That's why they all look like dating ads, right? Uh, okay, look, go down and look at Katia. Hi, my name is Catherine, and I really want to live on Podil. So I rent a light and passable room near Tadashenko Metro Station, Contra Kova Square, Post Square. My budget is 6000 per month, which is very low. That's like uh, $229 uh, plus utilities. It's desirable that there's hot water. <laughs> That's appliances. usually on my list too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Okay. So she actually said boiler, which means um, like uh, like a hot water unit because the, the government hot water, which is what I have here in my Airbnb, likes to turn off randomly. So I actually didn't have hot water to shower with for two weeks, believe it or not. You just you just keep selling me on Kiev, Johnny. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean that's why everyone has a boiler. So it's, it's kind of a, and it's better. It's it's better. For, yeah, I, th- I think it's 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 cheaper actually than paying for hot water from the government. It's just a better. You know, everyone should have one. Anyways, she says I'm working, uh, responsible, tidy, positive person, guaranteed timely payments. I'm grateful for suggestions, private messages, photo, very attractive girl. Uh, oh. Right under that, did you see, did you see her? The, the girl with the uh, Chicago Bulls jean jacket. Yep. Can, so she can, she can spend up to, up to 12000 now. So two working girls that will rent a uh-huh. two-bedroom apartment with separate rooms. So that's oh. two roommates that each want their own bedroom? Yeah, but I think they want the entire apartment, for, especially okay. for 12000 Yeah, actually, 12, you know what? 12000 is just double 6000 So actually... She could still only pay four hundred fifty-eight dollars. Still not that much. <laughs> so I think we just proved the whole homeroom business model here because there's a lot of stuff to go through and it can get really complicated. And I'm just dealing with all this sounds awful. So it, it basically seems like homeroom kind of takes care of all this crap for you. And we're we're about to talk to the the founder. His name is Johnny Wolf. So we got two Johnnies on the show. And they take care of all this roommate matching, converting houses, actual single family homes into uh, bedrooms where roommates can, you know, hopefully get along and create some sense of community. Whereas if you're just doing this on your own, it sounds like a huge pain. Yeah, it, I, I would not want to go through this, but I actually have, have considered if I move back to the U.S., instead of me finding my own apartment and needing to furnish it and buying a, you know, a fridge and all the living room stuff. I would absolutely just, you know, go on Craigslist or something, go to the, the roommates wanted section or, you know, Facebook groups or whatever, and just try to move in somewhere, hopefully somewhere with a dog already that can just kind of, uh, you know, have, you know, have everything set up. 
And that way I can just, you know, maybe furnish my room, but hopefully maybe it would even come with a bed. So this is actually something that I would personally use if I move back and not to mention the whole co-working, co-living aspect. Are you familiar with that concept at all? Yeah, I actually, I think I'll, I'll save it for the outro, but I actually found a place that's very close to where I live now that I considered moving into. Uh, let's talk about that in the outro though. So here is Johnny with the other Johnny, Johnny Wolf. He is the founder of Homeroom, where you can not only be a tenant in one of his homes, but you can also buy an entire home and rent it out through Homeroom so you can invest in a property and also make some extra income off of that. This week's sponsor of Invest Like a Boss is Flippa. Now, if that name sounds familiar, it may be because they were a guest on iLab last year. We talked to the CEO, Blake Hutchison, in episode 144, if you wanna go back and check that out. Now, what is Flippa? They are the world's largest marketplace to buy and sell online businesses. They have everything. I'm talking Shopify and Amazon stores, blogs and content sites, mobile apps, software as a service businesses, and even domains. So if you're a business owner looking for liquidity, Flippa is the perfect exit strategy. You can quickly and accurately value your business and then list it on Flippa to instantly tap into the largest pool of qualified buyers in the world. Now, as a buyer or investor, Flippa gives you access to high quality online businesses so you can create ancillary income streams, diversify investment portfolios, or become a digital entrepreneur. It's all the stuff that we talk about doing right here on Invest Like a Boss. They have hundreds of online businesses listed every single week. So you're sure to find the perfect fit for you. Just visit flippa.com slash boss today. You'll get the best price for your online business or register as a buyer and tap into all these new businesses coming up for sale. That's flippa.com slash boss, F-L-I-P-P-A.com slash boss to get started today. All right, Johnny Wolf, welcome to the show. Hey, really great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely uh, a bit confusing. Uh, two Johnnies on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, anyone ever call you JW or anything else? Yeah, actually, and um, when I was a kid on the soccer team, there was another Johnny before me, so I was JW. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, so JW, I'm actually super interested sure. in co-living. Uh, my background for the last kind of 10 years was actually in the digital nomad space. I was hosting a big event called Nomad Summit and I was co-working and kind of co-living around the world. So this is very cool. This is cool. What are you doing? Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, as we started the company, you know, there, I think a lot of you know entepreneurs at the very beginning, are like, this is like this special idea that no one's ever thought of. Um, mm. And that was sort of how I felt when I had idea. But one of the coolest things about Homeroom and the journey is that we I looked around in 2018 when we started the when I started the company, and there was this whole movement around co-living, nomad living that had already kind of started. So we kind of were able to, you know, get be a part of a community. We got to learn from other co-living operators, um, and that's super valuable. It's a, you know, it's when you're building a new type of industry getting having other companies that are trying to explore and figure things out is it saves you a lot of uh, pain and trouble as if you were doing it alone i, I don't know how you would do it yeah i can see that you know one funny thing is uh th there was once a saying that every single next you know billion dollar startup 
is a section on Craigslist. And I feel like Homeroom is that section of uh, Roommates Wanted that just never really took off. Yeah, no, we actually, we used to have that in our pitch deck. And there's been roommate matching apps. There's been all these different ways of connecting people. But the issue is the monetization of those apps is really tough. Because Mm -hmm. if you think about the way a roommate thinks, they don't Mm -hmm. want to spend like $20 on an, an app to get roommates. Mm-hmm. But what they do want is a, a roommate and a house. And so that's where Coloving is actually solving that part of Craigslist. It gives you the perfect space and it gives you a really nice match for roommates. And so, yeah, I do think, I think that, you know, that's, that's exactly what Coloving is going to become. And that, that, that spot will be gone on Craigslist eventually. Yeah. And actually I, I think this is something that I would personally use if I moved back to the U S uh, and I didn't want to, you know, get my own place for you know $2,000 a month. I would be tempted to find a roommate, but it would just be such a pain in the butt trying yeah. to filter through and just, Oh man, I can't even imagine it. So just be able to go to your, your site and just, you know, you know, select an area and just take a look at these nice photos and seeing, you know, this price. I'm like, Oh, 350 a month, 400 bucks a month. Yeah. I'll, I'll sign up for that. Yeah. The, I mean, the feeling that I, I always get when I'm looking for new roommates on Craigslist is the same feeling I get when I get on Tinder, which is like, <laughs> gosh, why do I have to do, why is this part of life? Isn't there a better way? And usually when people are like, get a gut level reaction of like, oh, this is so terrible. It's a really good opportunity to start a business or an industry. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of just to walk everyone uh, through first how it works as a tenant. And then we're going to go into the investment side. Cause I actually think that's pretty sure. exciting. If I was mm-hmm. a tenant, let's say I wanted, you know, to move to Texas and I, you know, I look through and I see all these great photos. I see 450 bucks a month for a one bed, uh, one bath. What, what am I actually getting? And what do I need to sign? Yeah. So, you know, 450 a month, uh, you know, not only do you get great photos, but you get a virtual, you'll get a virtual tour. We have Matterports of every property. So that's one of the biggest draws for you as a tenant. You get a, you get to do a video call with our team and they'll actually take you through virtual walkthroughs of every property. Most of our 80% of our tenants actually sign leases without actually ever being on, on site of a property. So you can do everything online. Um, and the leases are very flexible. You can go between three and 18 months. Um, and it comes with a fully furnished common area. So you get, you know, couches, chairs, dining room table, TV, all your utilities are set up. So, and you have kitchen essentials. So if you move in, and even if you're the first roommate in a house, you can cook dinner and then you can put it on a plate that's provided. And then you can watch TV that's set up for you. So it's just really plug and play, really simple. And a lot of the tensions that happen in roommate houses are around, specific things like who's going to do utilities, who's going to pay the other person back for utilities, who's going to clean more, uh, all those pain points we relieve by having, um, you know, solving them by everyone pays a fixed amount for utilities to home room and you don't have to pay any money back. We have maid service on a monthly basis. And then we really kind of, in, you know, encourage community and connection. So roommates actually going to meet each other before someone uh, moves into a house. And we have online events like, you know, like yoga, um, online yoga. We, we used to do really cool in-person events in Kansas city. Uh, like in 2019, we did like open mic nights, mimosa brunches, and then, um, then COVID wiped out that. So we switched to online. Um, but we're looking forward to getting back to doing in-person events. It's honestly, it's, it's super cool to see, you know, like a hundred and something plus, you know, 20 something, just like who are all part of this co-living community in a city, uh, gathering together. 
Yeah, I like it. I actually had a friend who put together kind of her own, you know, co-living house in San Diego, out of all places. Mm. And she nice. basically offered what you did, but just with a single house, right? And it was just a yeah. pain in the butt. It was a full-time job for her to, to organize sure. all that. But yeah. she loved it. And, you know, all the roommates loved it. It's They felt like a community. Mm-hmm. This just seems like an easier way, you know, cause I wouldn't want to manage it. You know, I would love to move into something like that, but I wouldn't want to be the one to deal with it. Yeah. It's um, yeah. There, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of challenges with a roommate house, but you know, the, when I, I started the company, I started in 2015, I moved to Austin and I, you know, I'd been investing passively out of state in Texas since like 2008, but I bought a number of different properties in Austin and then I converted them to roommate rentals. And yeah, I managed them all myself while I had like a full-time job at a startup. Um, and I realized like rent managing roommate rentals is like a huge pain in the butt because there's all these different issues. But what we've done over time is really improved like some of the key points that were causing tension. And so it's gotten a lot smoother, right? And we've we've kind of smoothed out the value proposition where we we're clear with the tenant what we expect from them and they are clear what they can expect from us. And then we have unique technology like we have our own tenant app and all that stuff. So it's starting it's gotten a lot better but yeah, doing one house, one co-living house um you know, it could definitely be a lot of work, especially if you're trying to make it like a unique communal experience. Yeah, definitely. So it is a bit confusing uh, kind of from a tenant you know, point of view, because it looks like everything's a one bed, one bath, but you know, there, there obviously isn't, you know, five or seven bathrooms uh, in a house. I, I'm assuming most of those are going to be shared or is that case by case? Yeah, it's uh, the, the um, we use uh, a widget plugin from Buildium and then they don't have bedroom options. So that's why it shows that. Um, we're actually in the, but so you just get a bedroom and then in some cases you'll get a master bedroom. Uh, we're, our, our engineering team's actually working on finalizing the new uh, website. It should be rolling out in the next 60 days where we'll have a lot more clarity around uh, the bedrooms. Okay, makes sense. And so as far as, you know, let, let's say, you know, I saw this, this great place in somewhere in Texas, it's, it's 450 bucks, you know, 450 bucks a month. And I decide, okay, this sounds good. I want to move in. Uh, aside from the monthly fees, which uh, it's pretty nice. You guys actually listed here. So I can see, you know, it's like 170 bucks for um, all the utilities and the, the cleaning and everything. What, mm-hmm. what other fees are there? There's a, a like upfront deposit. Do I pay you guys anything? How does that work? Uh, yeah, there's, um, there's a deposit. It's one month's rent. Um, and that's it. There, there's not really anything else. Uh, there's an application fee, but yeah, you it's, it's $140 a month includes amenity. All utilities includes maid service, yard care, and a few oh, other great. amenities. Yeah. And it's, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's all, it's pretty fixed. There's not, there's not a lot of other fees, um, associated with living with us. Okay. And I, I'm, I'm just assuming, you know, like the, the way you guys make money is, you know, four hundred sixty dollars times you know five uh, bedrooms or seven bedrooms is less than you know, whatever you guys are paying the, um, the the investor, and and that's kind of your spread. Or are there fees that you're taking from the investor as well? Um, yeah, we we make about fifteen. We make fifteen percent from rent. So that's just we collect all the rent we collect will pass eighty five percent to the the investor. Okay, fantastic. So. Yeah. I like it as, you know, as the tenant side, you know, uh, side, I think it's very cool. This is something I would personally use. And that's why, 
you know, I like it as an investor as well. How does that actually work? I, I'm genuinely curious, you know, if I wanted to buy a place in, let's say, Austin, Texas, and I said, you know, I have a hundred grand to invest, I want to make a return. How would, how would that work? Yeah, we, you know, I think we've, um, and I've been personally investing in turnkey properties for 14 years. So I have kind of seen the good ones and the bad ones and, and all and, and all the in between. So we've worked super hard at Homeroom to make the buying experience for out of state investors as seamless and also as like, I guess, insightful as possible. So we will meet with each investor that comes to us and we'll evaluate them for fit and make sure that what Homeroom can offer matches what they're looking for. And then we have four markets, Kansas City, Austin, Dallas, and San Antonio. And we kind of, we like to talk to investors about their goals and like really strategize with them. Like, what are you really targeting? Are you trying to make, you know, a lot of net worth gains? Are you trying to make passive income? Um, and then talking about the pluses and minuses to the type of real estate when you target those two things. We also run detailed pro formas for individual properties and kind of send them to them once they're pre-approved. Um, and then our agents on the, on the ground will help them make an offer on those properties. The properties for co-living are unique, usually have a unique form factor. They have maybe a three bathrooms all the time. They have 2000 plus square feet. Um, so we actually work to identify maybe five properties per market per month that would match that uh, profile. Um, and the investor's job is just to review the pro forma. And if they like it, they would make an offer. Um, and then we kind of work with them throughout the, the contract period. We have a director of construction who actually will go through the inspection report and call out if they should keep the property or walk away or give them new information about how much repairs will cost. Um, and then after close our team, um, you know, you know, and even before you make an offer on a property, we'll say, Hey, this is how much we think repairs and construction and everything's going to cost. This will be your total out of pocket. So you have a lot of visibility and then we'll continually to update that visibility through the process. Like, Hey, we found this out. It's going to be cheaper. We also found this out. It'll be a bit more expensive. Um, and then after the property closes, our team sets up the property for co-living on your behalf. Um, and we get at least out to roommates. And so we found that as a, from, you know, for the, the right co-living property, we can actually double the rent for the investor. Um, one of the, but one of the, the most common we see is about 70% increase. We have a, a property we review with investors in one of our calls where it was before we, our investor bought it, it was renting for $1,500 a month to a family. And then after homeroom came in and set up for co-living, the total rent is 2,700. So even after we're essentially paying for our fee by increasing the rent so substantially. Mm -hmm. So in reality, there's not really any fees associated with kind of what we're doing um, from a, from a net basis. So I like it. Uh, yeah. So I'm actually taking a look at your site now, and I see one of the examples: uh, Austin, Texas, purchase price, mm -hmm. you know, four hundred eleven thousand, out of pocket, one hundred and seventeen. I'm assuming that's because we'll be taking a loan and putting, you know, maybe twenty twenty five percent down. Monthly uh, cash flow is six hundred and twenty dollars. Um, property management is free. That's pretty cool. Um, and you even built in pairs and vacancy estimates. But here's what's a bit confusing uh, to me. When I look down on, on the bottom, it, it says ROI 28%, which sounds amazing. But the monthly cash flow is only 348. What, what does that mean? How'd you get, how'd you calculate these, num these numbers? Yeah. When it, I mean, when institutional investors buy property, um, they always calculate ROI based on appreciation. It's the, it's like, you know, it's the best practice appreciation in the U S 
real estate economy is like very real and honestly very predictable. Like when we look, we've looked, you know, if you look at like Austin, Texas, for example, the prices in Austin have gone up 24 of the last 25 years. And even during the great recession, they went down 2%. So we think it's really important to me. If you want to make the best decision that that'll increase your net worth over the next five or 10 years to actually have a forecast for appreciation in a given market. So that's part of our calculations. Part of it's mortgage pay down. So you're going to get increment, incremental wealth gains when the rent pays down your mortgage principal. The other piece is appreciation. So you have leverage appreciation. So we know that's a little bit contra to what uh, some investors will say, which is like, you can't forecast appreciation. Appreciation is not in the bank. And we, you know, we think it's actually that we think that's a raw, a incorrect association with the stock market. Real estate doesn't typically go up and down. Um, in Kansas City, it went down once in 50 years. So it's, real estate is incredibly consistent and it's pretty much you could, like clockwork appreciates at the rate of inflation. And when we see above average markets like Austin, where the population and income is growing faster than median, those markets historically have appreciated faster than inflation. So that's a big part of our calculation there. Um, obviously, cash flow is one third, one piece, uh, mortgage pay downs the other, and the third would be our appreciation calculations. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. Because when I was calculating, I was like, you know what? I'm getting you know, maybe a 4% return, but 28 sounds amazing. It does make sense that with the mortgage getting paid down and you know housing uh, appreciated appreciation, it, I could see that number. Um, but like, what for example, the Austin, Texas one? What are you guys calculating for appreciation? Five point five percent. So about we we have a inflation as kind of our baseline. Um, so we'd say the average market is going to appreciate three percent the next over the next twenty four months. Um, average being like. Des Moines, Iowa, or something like that. Um, and then we do incremental to our inflation calculation. How much above average do we think this will be? And so we think market, Austin's probably a top five appreciation market. So we have 2.5% mark um, appreciation on top of the inflation number. So 5.5 in total, which actually, uh, interestingly enough, is what it's been appreciating for the last 20 years on average. Okay, I can definitely see that. So uh, I think that's in, you know, a kind of a, a good case scenario. What are like, what if, you know, that the real estate market kind of just, just kind of drops down, what actually happens? What is kind of the backup plan? What happens to the investors? If let's say a year from now, um, you know, property you know, values tank. Um, I mean, you hold on to it and keep your really strong cash flow. I mean, when you're looking at an asset that's only gone down once in 50 years, I think people should definitely be doing that analysis um, for crypto that they're holding. They should definitely be doing that analysis for stock that they're holding. We're talking about assets that swing 20% down quarterly or monthly or even daily in crypto's case. But real estate goes down once in 50 years. So you can do sensitivity analysis. But the truth of the matter is everyone that if you could afford to hold during the Great Recession, which is the, an anomaly in the real estate market in terms of price decreases, rent did not really go down. And if you held, you, you know, depending on the market, you were okay within 24 months on equity. So I, I think if you have a good position, you hold it. Um, yeah. You're not, that's pretty much what I'd recommend. I can see that. And, and I guess uh, things are kind of covered because, the tenants have a uh, a deposit down anyways. I see that you guys guarantee a monthly rent. How does that actually work? Yeah, we have two products, but yeah, one of them is a guaranteed rent. We'll, we'll pay out a guaranteed flat rent um, amount to the owner. So just like we'll be the master tenant, we'll sign a lease with you and we'll pay the same amount for three years. 
Okay. And I'm assuming that's a bit lower than um, what, what, you know, kind of the, the variable rent or. Yeah, um, it is a bit lower. Correct. Yep. Okay. Correct. Okay, cool. And I mean, it, it sounds awesome. I mean, I, I think this is something that I would actually yeah. explore for myself. So I do like it. Um, I'm curious, is this something that anybody can invest in? Do we need to be accredited? Do we need to be in the U S how does it work? Uh, you definitely don't need to be accredited because you're just buying a property, right? It's not, these are not tokenized or fractionalized pieces of real estate. It's like you're buying a property and you're paying to, you know, uh, soup it up a little bit to increase the returns uh, using co-living. So um, in terms of being in the U.S., I we have a number of out-of-country buyers. Uh, the, you know, the loan process can be a bit more challenging. Um, so that, that, that would be one of the, the drawbacks to being out of the country, but obviously we, we have a really solid loan partner, lender and partner. So working through that challenge is something that is really their job. And I, I think we could get you there for sure. Yeah. I like it, man. It's uh, this is something I'll, I'll definitely, I'm going to explore offline with, with your team. Uh, yeah, let's we'd love say, that. yeah. So let's say, um, you know, I decided, Hey, you know, Johnny, let's, let's do this. What would the steps be as an investor? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's, I hope that's the case. And um, the, uh, the steps are pretty simple. You know, it's the first step is we do like an intro call. We kind of go through the concept of co-living maybe that's, and kind of the concept of homeroom, the team, how it all works. Mm-hmm. Um, then we need to get you pre-approved or a proof of funds. That's sort of like the gate to get to the next step is getting basically financially ready to invest. Then we do a second call where we go through an actual portfolio, uh, basically a pro forma example. So we say, you know, the market is still very hot. So we want people to see an example. And so when they get to the point, when they get a real pro forma to make an offer on a property, they're not like trying to figure it out because if you spend a day or two figuring it out, that property is gone. So we want to make sure people are like ready to go. Their guns are loaded. They're ready to go hunting for houses. Um, and so that's, that's that we go through that call to get, answer all questions, review the way that we calculate things, answer, you know, any detailed questions about property setup and anything like that. Um, and once that's done, we say, Hey, are you, what do you think? Are you ready to make an, are you like, if we put you with an agent today, would you be willing to make an offer pretty quickly? Or do you need like another call with us? Do you need more time to kind of, you know, research things? Uh, you know, I'd say about, you know, most people are ready to move forward. And then we introduce you them to an agent in the market that we have picked with the investor. Um, based on, let's say, whatever the investor's goals are and focuses. Um, And then you're making an offer just like a standard investment property purchase with the agent. The agent is has done a few dozen of these co-living properties in the market. So they know, they know exactly what we're looking for. It includes parking enough shared showers. We avoid HOAs, all these specific things that are, are really important when you're buying a co-living property. Uh, you make an offer, you get under contract, you negotiate, yeah, you get it appraised, you get the inspection back. We help look at that. Uh, and then you close and you pay, you'd pay us an invoice to do some work on the property. We have construction crews locally in each market. Um, and then, then you're done, you know, within ideally we can, you know, the construction, depending on the type of work we're doing can be a a 10 day thing. It can be a six week thing. Um, we generally can tell you that before you even make an offer, like how big of a, you know, job are we going to have to do here? Um, but yeah, and then you start making money. So it's, it's super passive. It's as passive as you can get if you're buying an MLS property. So we, we hit, we kind of are there along the, the entire process. I like it. And, and what kind of contract would the investor have with you guys? Uh, we do a master lease, uh, regardless if you do the 50, the revenue share or the guaranteed rent. Um, and it's like a standard 
tenant lease. And then we have a lease addendum that, uh, that homeroom, uh, has written, has written with our lawyers that basically says, Hey, we're actually a master tenant. Uh, here's some things that you as the owner need to be aware of. And these are important things that you're responsible for. So we, um, we think it's very fair. We actually, we, no, we haven't had anyone like try to change it in like a year. Um, but it's really just to try to make sure that we are protected. We're getting paid for the help we're providing. And then you kind of know exactly, uh, what you need to do. And, but yeah, the, you know, the returns historically are just super strong, um, coming out of these investments. So. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. And how long would that, that contract, uh, with you guys be for? Yeah. So we do initial three-year lease, um, with the guaranteed with the revenue share you can do, we don't really care. You can do as really as long or short as you want. Um, you can always do shorter, but we'll do up to three years with the guaranteed, with the guaranteed rent. And then, um, we'll do a five-year renewal after that up to a five-year renewal. Okay. Yeah. I, I think it, it sounds really cool. I mean, you guys are basically, you know, finding the property, vetting it, doing the numbers, you know, uh, you know, we sign the deal and then you guys go in and, you know, with your designer, uh, furnish it, find the tenants, manage the property. It's, it really sounds very turnkey. Yeah. There's not, it's also, and you get kind of a beautiful product that like you can be super proud of like the Matterport when you're done is like, wow. You know, you can show your friends and you can see, you can actually see who the young adults that are living there are that you're providing affordable housing to. I mean, not all young, but it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool experience all the way around. Like you get better returns, but you also get a nicer neighborhood because you can afford to buy a little bit nicer property. Cause you're, you know, your, your rent's going to be so much higher. Yeah. So what, what are your, your policies on, let's say, you know, uh, as an investor, though, the owner of the place, you know, the, the place has a empty bedroom, uh, can we move in for a month or three months or, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, paying a rent or not, how would that work? As the owner, you'd want to move in. Yeah. It's just into one of the bedrooms or, you know, Oh, um, that's a good question. We actually, we get that on occasion. Um, yeah, I think it's fine. You know, one of the, one of the rules we have with owners is simply that we've kind of created this, this environment of equality, right? So there's no one in charge of the house. Everyone's kind of a, the same level. And so the one thing we ask if you're an owner that lives there is that you, you know, if you want to tell people that you're the owner, that's fine, but we almost prefer that you don't. And then just go through the standard process and move in and be a roommate and not be like an owner, like what's going on with people in my house. Cause we do maid service. We do cleaning grades. We are doing a quarterly inspection. You know, we want you as the owner, if you're going to live in your property, sweet, but don't, we don't want you to like, act like the owner, maybe for just that, that time. It's not like a hard demand, but it's probably, it's what we recommend for owners that do that just so you can enjoy the co-living environment. And if the roommates don't know you're the owner, they're going to treat you just like anybody else, which is cool. And that could be a really nice, like communal experience. Um, And then when roommates feel like the owner is there, it it makes it a little bit, you know, it's just a different power dynamic. Yeah, definitely. I can hundred percent see that. You know, I, I've always kind of thought, you know, if I wanted to buy uh, an apartment building, which is one of my my goals, I would live in one of the apartments, but I definitely wouldn't tell the other anyway, the whole yeah. building. Yeah. It's a probably good call. Yeah. And so I mean, I I lived, I actually just moved like three weeks ago. I was living in homeroom number three, uh, cause I bought it in, in Kansas city and I was living in the basement for like two and a half years working really hard. Um, but I tried to, at the beginning I told people, but over time I tried to just wean myself out from being like, I'm not the CEO of this cool living company. I'm also not like the owner of this house because people would come down into like my office and be like, Hey, like the garbage disposal is broken. I'm like, 
I don't know any, I don't know how to fix that, man. I'm sorry. Can you just put <laughs> it in the app that they gave you? Cause we have a whole team dedicated to making sure that the property stays in great shape and I, I'm, I'm not your guy. So uh, yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely experience why we recommend that. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Very cool. So if people want to check it out, uh, become a potential investor or even a tenant, where can they go? Yeah, www.livehomeroom.com. Um, and then Dash Invest is where, our, you know, kind of our investor facing side. Uh, yeah. And so that you reach out to us there, you can get the click of a button, you can book a meeting with our team. Uh, Peter's our director of sales. He, he is super experienced, raised, you know, hundreds of millions for real estate funds in his career. And so he's a, he's a really cool guy to talk to about this stuff. He really understands asset allocation. He understands the way to deploy capital, the way to really think about money in real estate in a super high end professional way, which I think is, is really, uh, really special. So yeah, definitely reach out to us. We'd be happy to talk to you. Awesome. Thanks so much, so much for coming on and uh, appreciate yeah. your time. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks so much, man. Johnny, I knew that you would be a great fit for this. Uh, his uh, publicist actually reached out. And a lot of times I ignore those emails, but uh-huh. I, I looked through it and I was like, this sounds like a business that Johnny would have started on his own had he been back here on the States. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't uh, have started it because it seems like way too much work, but I would have, <laughs> I would have thought about doing it on a small scale on like a, like a single property scale. Definitely. I like the fact that it's single family homes because at least from someone living in Los Angeles, he hasn't expanded out here quite yet, but it sounds like he's getting pretty aggressive. Uh, He's currently just in the Midwest of the United States, but expanding from there to live in a single family home in LA is highly unattainable for the vast majority of people in Los Angeles. So if you could even just have a bedroom in a home, it's like super awesome because I've lived in LA for almost actually over seven years now. And I haven't, I've lived in an apartment building every time and it has its advantages, but also has so many more disadvantages. I really miss living in an actual home. You know, what's funny is the both places I lived in LA were both single family homes. I'm, I'm really, the, I'm the black swan. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So the prices are just so nuts. Now these, these type of homes that he is converting these into, you know, with four or five plus bedrooms, that's minimum, even in a, terrible neighborhood of los angeles three plus million dollars so the rents yeah. would definitely still be pretty high even if you're breaking it up into, into five people well i got super lucky uh the first place i lived actually i was looking at an apartment and i was looking in like alhambra because my cousin was living there and this uh one of my buddies this guy named marlon who was a producer uh like um in the movie industry, he was, you know, he was like, Oh, Johnny, I heard you're moving up to, to LA. Let's grab lunch. And I met up with him and he was like, Oh, where are you going to move? And I said, Oh, I'm looking at this, you know, studio apartment or one bedroom apartment in Alhambra. And he's like, Johnny, you can't move to Alhambra. Like, no. he's like, that's not LA. He's <laughs> like, not. <laughs> yeah. He's like, dude, you got to move out here to, to West LA. And I was like, ah, I know it's, it's, I think it's out of my price range. And he's like, he's like, uh, dude, like just, you know, w- what's your budget? And I was like, ah, uh, you know, like 800 bucks, you know, 850 a month. And he's like, oh, that's pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like, that's why I'm living in Alhambra. And he's like, no, he's like, you know, I go, you know, Johnny, like, you know, he's like, go ahead and just move into my, my spare bedroom. Um, you know, and just give me 800 a month. And this guy had like a baller, like a kind of a mini mansion in Bel Air. 
That's and I got insane. To, yeah. You got super yeah, lucky. <laughs> yeah, there's no way I would have been able to afford that. And, and no. uh, you know, had like a community pool. Had just it was just a like a beautiful spot, but it was so far, it was so hard to get to anything. There's so many like struggling artists, and of course, everyone wants to come to LA and make it. That I've seen, I've toured apartments where it was a studio and they put bunk beds in there. There was one each on a bunk bed and also another person sleeping on the floor. And that's like super common in Hollywood, North Hollywood, kind of the whole valley area where everybody comes here to be an actor, dancer, singer, whatever it might be. But there's some terrible living situations and they're still paying more than that eight fifty a month just for that. (laughs) You got into a house is crazy. Yeah, so I, I know I was super lucky. And the second place I stayed, my my rent for my room was a thousand five hundred, and there was three of us staying there. So it's definitely an expensive place to live, and it was only possible because I had friends. If I had just moved there and didn't know anyone and didn't have something like homeroom, yeah, I'd be screwed. Yeah, totally. So I want to circle back to that place I was talking about here where I live. So I live in West LA as well, uh, near near the ocean, and. Uh, right next door to Venice where I live is Marina Del Rey. So I just sent you a link, Johnny, if you want to check it out. It's this place called C1. It's a co-living place that was specifically built as co-living. It's a, it's a huge like tower that was built mm, maybe four years ago, This four or five years ago. This is one of the first places I'd ever kind of seen this concept. So I went and uh-huh. toured it and they have a sick rooftop pool, uh, you know, hot tub, full gym. And you're like two blocks from the marina. So like super nice neighborhood. Uh, the weather's always great and all that stuff. But look at the rents for these. So this is these are set up kind of like those, I guess, like dorm situations where you have, you know, bedrooms on each side and then you all have a kind of a shared kitchen in the middle. Um, the lowest rents for just one bedroom and a shared bathroom it can be as small as 92 square feet starts at 1450 a month. Yeah. But you know what? I was actually looking at that thinking that's actually not that bad for me. Yeah. <laughs> but it can go all the way up to 4,500 per month. If you want multiple bedrooms, that's insane. That's insane. So I looked well, at that and it, it's really nice, but it's not much less than getting my own place. So I guess if, if you want the sense of community and you know, what was also a cool benefit that I didn't need then, but I would really benefit from now was having the co-working space. Yeah. Or I mean, just even like in the living room where everyone co-works together or yeah, they had like just, a, like kind of like their own little, we work in the, in the lobby downstairs. So oh, that's cool. And like printers and things like that. Okay. That's cool. So, yeah, the, the ones with a uh, homeroom don't have that because they're single family homes. This looks more like a condo tower, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so I actually, I, I honestly, I really like that. I, I think if I wanted to be somewhere tech heavy and I wanted you know access to like a co-working space, because I've seen one in, um, in San Diego, I forgot the name of it, but it was super expensive as well. I think it was like three, four grand, like maybe it was like four grand a month or something or more. And it had the benefits of having the um, the co-working space, but it was just too much. So what I like about Homeroom is that it, it allows you to kind of just, you know, save money, but also have a cool situation that's easy that you can kind of just move in when you want. You know, you could, you could still sign a year lease, uh, buy very minimal furniture. Like literally if I moved in, I would probably just buy a cheap bed frame and a mattress from uh, Ikea and like, 
I don't know, maybe like a, like a side table or desk or something, but that's it. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that much stuff in my room. Uh, cause everything, the whole, the rest of the apartments are already furnished. You don't have to buy any kitchen stuff. You don't have to buy any living room stuff. You don't have to buy any TV. It just seems easy. Yeah. I think so too, especially for someone that, that maybe, uh, works remotely and moves around a lot or can really live anywhere. These prices for some of these, I it's the price of, of a hotel room for one night in LA. So just to have like a second place even to, if I, if I was in Austin or San Antonio or whatever, every once in a while, Austin's a cool city. I would totally, if I could just have a place for $400 a month that I knew I had a place to stay, and I, I would go there once a month and hang out there for a few days. I mean, I think that's a really cool situation too. Yeah, but to be fair, uh, the Austin rooms are much more expensive. They start at 580 a month and they kind of go up to 700. I think the ones you were looking at were in like Kansas City or something. Yeah, well, the still, okay. Okay, I'm looking at it now, 580. That's still not bad though. If, if you're close to the city and for 580 to have a second i would look at this more in my situation currently as like a second place i think that you know what i your roommates would love you if you were just yeah, there, like, you're never there. A while. <laughs> yeah actually i want i'm very curious now how many people would, would do that I, I i doubt that the, the majority i would imagine that most people would just actually just live there full time and just, yeah and this just is the there. place they need you brought up an interesting concept where if you're the owner staying in your own place and I thought, yeah, why not? That makes sense. And then when he brought up all the potential issues with that, I was like, yeah, I don't want to live in my own place where everyone just comes to me and goes, hey, can you fix this? Can you fix that? And you're the owner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It seemed like a good idea on paper. Uh, but then I, I would rather actually like I would almost rather rent someone else's homeroom. <laughs> yeah, that's there. what I was thinking is I'll, 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 I'll still have the investment, but I'll, I'll move into someone else's. <laughs> Yeah. So, but you know, or if I do move it to mine just to um, kind of keep an eye on things, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be able to relax. I, I, like I would always be like, Hey, Hey, what are you, what are you doing? Like, don't worry. Yeah. Inside, you know? But they're throwing some big party and you're like, wait a minute, you're, you're ruining my house. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk so, about the investment side of this. Uh, what yeah. do you, th- you think about that aspect of actually purchasing a home and converting it through their program? I think it's a fantastic idea. I think, I think it's a no brainer. Uh, especially like, let's say I had a house already that I was going to, you know, either rent out and find a property manager for, or I can give it to these guys. And basically they, their, their higher rent basically pays for the property management fee, their 15% that they take. So it's a no brainer. I think it's super smart to do. I actually liked this, uh, so much. So first off the, the 24% of returns, that's, uh, I don't want to see, I don't know. What's another word for BS? It's, uh, it's, uh, it sounds a little lofty. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's very hopeful. You know, the calculation is more like 6%. Um, and that's, you know, assuming, you know, you have like, you know, n- nothing major happens. Right. Yeah. I mean, you but, are, you are getting extra income by splitting it up between everybody, but I think that that extra revenue is just going back into the, the, you know, property management. Yeah. So, um, it, I kind of think of it as free property management, uh, through and not having to deal with the, you know, uh, finding tenants and things like that. I also just like the, the idea and, and, uh, of, you know, turning to, to co-living and knowing that if I really wanted to, and there's one room available once in a while, I could, you know, move in for a few months. 
I, you know, if I wanted to, I, th- I think that's a cool idea, but mainly I would have done it not for the 24%, uh, but for the potential of, you know, something like 24%. If you kind of, if you calculate, you know, the markets continue to, to go up, honestly, at the end of the day, I didn't really care what the, how much the cash flow was, as long as it was positive cash flow and tenants were paying my, my rent off. So, um, you know, I, th- I think right now in 2021 with such low mortgage rates, it's kind of silly not to lock in, you know, two and a half or three and a half percent mortgages for 30 years. I, I think it just, it just seems like free money, you know, especially if you could have something like this, which is relatively hands off and just have tenants pay off your mortgage, you know, uh, and just build equity. Yeah. You're always going to have that physical property and it's going to be well-maintained because they're taking care of it. So the fact that you could, you could get into a house and have everything paid for, and it might not be, you know, your, your extra 10, 15, 20 plus percent returns, but as long as it's positive, you're right. And you're actually gaining equity in the home. I think this completely makes sense, especially if you don't want to be involved in the everyday process of owning the property. Yeah. So I liked it so much that, as soon as we got off the the podcast recording, I submitted an application and went through the credit check to uh, to get pre qualified for a mortgage. Oh, interesting! Uh, what's what's your budget out there? Yeah, uh, so houses there were between four hundred to four hundred fifty thousand. Okay, which compared to LA is very cheap, right? But oh it's yeah, still, there's there's you know, nothing still quite for a bit that of money. here. Yeah, so I know Austin prices have gone up significantly. Yeah, it wasn't but, too long ago. You like two, three hundred yeah. would get you a really nice house in Austin, but not anymore. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, I think it's going to continue going up. Um, at least in Austin, it's you know, it'll probably go up to California prices, like maybe eight hundred, and then kind of settle there. And then people will find the next Austin, right? Yeah, but the problem with that is, uh, you know, so I, I calculated. I was like, okay, if I put twenty five percent down, I'll need a hundred grand cash. I I have that right now because I was. I was selling my uh, some some things as you guys heard in the last quarterly update to kind of free up some cash. So I was like, you know what? I got a hundred grand to play with. What if I put a hundred grand down to buy this place in Austin through Homeroom? They'll find the property, they'll vet it, um, they'll do the they'll run the numbers, and they'll do, you know they rent it out. Maybe I can even do all of this from Kiev. Unfortunately. Yeah. Johnny is broke in terms of, you know, <laughs> I have no income. Like, I think my income last year was like 30 grand or something. And I just couldn't prove having enough stable income to qualify for a mortgage. I am right there with you, buddy. I have been fighting with the mortgage people for over a year now. And I think I've just given up. So my goal is to buy a property next year with cash. And the fact that getting a loan when you're self-employed is extremely difficult. Even Sam, who we know has a huge net worth was trying to, when he was trying to buy his South Carolina home, couldn't get a, couldn't get a mortgage. He wanted to mortgage it because the rates were so low and he ended up just buying it with cash as well. So I was like, if Sam can't even get a loan, how am I going to get a loan? (laughs) Yeah. And his South Carolina property was like, was it 200,000 or something? Something, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's so funny. I mean, literal millionaires, like multimillionaires can't buy, can't get a 400, you know, $400,000 mortgage. It's It's crazy. I was told though, if I just had a normal, you know, job that paid every two weeks, whatever it might be, even if it was the same amount of income I have now, I'd be approved. No problem. I was like, well, what's the difference in, in that I could get fired or, 
laid off or the company could close and I'm out of my job when that's 100% of my income. Whereas currently I have like seven or eight income streams and I'm not going to lose all those at once. So it, it's the whole process just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, Sam and I need to talk to you after this episode. Uh-oh. Do I have one, <laughs> one less income stream? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Where like the the least stable life is having one income stream of as an employee, but that's just you know the way our systems work. But to be honest, I was uh, kind of losing sleep over it, thinking, is it really smart for me to to take out a four hundred thousand dollar mortgage or you know, and basically getting into debt because right now I have zero debt, which I'm very happy with. Mm-hmm. I actually, I uh, I phrased it this way. I, I said to my buddy uh, Chris, I was talking to. Him, I said, "Hey, uh, I'm thinking about buying a house with four x leverage," and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! That sounds like a crazy idea." And I was like, no, no, I, I just mean I'm going to put 25% down and get a mortgage. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's normal. Yeah. How funny is that? That, you know, you, we, we would like it just, we would never buy stocks with 4X mortgage because that's super risky. But putting 25% down on a house or on real estate is exactly the same. It is. And, and everyone, I think once you add the tag real estate to it, though, everyone's like, oh, yeah, go ahead, do that. It makes sense. But there's, just as many people that have probably lost a lot of money on real estate as they have any other investment as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. And the thing is, I, I was thinking about, it, I was like, man, okay. And while everything is going, going fine, it's great. They're paying off my, my, you know, my mortgage, I'm building equity, but are they really going to be in business for 15 or 30 years? Is nothing really going to go wrong in 30 years. Like what if I, what if, you know, something happens and for three months, I don't get my, my rent checks, you know, whether the company itself uh, has some difficulties or let's say there's another, pan, you know, lockdown pandemic and uh, the government decides there's no, there's no um, evictions again. And, you know, I go three, four five months without any rent. Am I going to be on the hook for a $3,000 mortgage payment? That's a lot of money. Yeah. So I, I think that's something you could weather a few years in when you got some equity in the home, but yeah, it could be devastating if it, if it, if something happens in the next year or two after after purchasing a home. I could definitely see where you could get in trouble really fast. Yeah, you know, I'd just be dipping into my personal savings, and I was uh, as much as I like it on paper. I think if I lived somewhere close by or had a good friend that I trusted in Austin, uh, and you know, I could just have them go there and say, you know what, hey, like, I'm sorry, but can you can you go fix this problem? Find another tenant. Then I'd I'd be okay with it, but there's no way I'm gonna I'm gonna manage this from Kiev, and uh, you know I have to fly in uh, in case something happens. Um, so for me, it's gonna be a no go. Uh, the other kind of districts, Kansas, Dallas, um, San Antonio, it would be the same problems for me. It'd, it'd be cheaper, so I could just buy it. But I don't know, no, I don't know enough about those markets. I don't know if they're gonna grow. Um, I don't really have a big reason to buy those, those places. I mean, a, a big reason why I wanted to buy in, uh, in Austin is because it's actually somewhere I would want to live if I move, you know, when I move back, if I move back anytime soon. And, uh, it's good for my kind of Texas residency. So I guess I could buy in, um, in Dallas cause it is cheaper there, but yeah, for now I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pass on it. Yeah. I'm kind of at the same, but I do kind of like that aspect of using it as like a second home. And you're right, the the roommates would love me because they'd only see me a couple of days a month. But at those prices, if I wanted to be in one of those markets, you know, uh, kind of part-time and flights are 
so cheap that, you know, I could fly to Austin for a hundred bucks and to have that and then have a place all set and ready to go would be, I think really cool. Yeah, it would be cool. Uh, especially for your roommates. So I think it's a terrible idea to, <laughs> to waste 600 bucks a month. Uh, but if you like, you know, for example, let's say you had a reason to be in Kansas city, you know, two weeks a month, then yeah, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, totally. Uh, I want to touch on like one other thing before we get out of here, because this came up in our last episode with Picasso. Picasso was, if you didn't catch it, it's a a shared vacation home, not necessarily an investment, but you do own a piece of the property and, and you get a certain allocated amount of weeks a year to use it. So I put it on Twitter, you know, just, hey, listen to our new episode, check it out. And I, I think you might've got tagged in some of these too, Johnny, but I got bombarded by these groups in Napa Valley that hate Picasso, just hate them. They're like, you're ruining our neighborhood. This is a single family neighborhood. And now you got short-term tenants in here. And I kind of wonder if homerooms ever run into this where you're taking a house that might've just had one family. And now you got five, six different individuals in that place, you know, clogging up with cars, uh, maybe having parties, whatever it may be. Did, did he give any inclination that there might be some bad reactions in a neighborhood? Okay, well, f- first off with Picasso, I think it was literally only that Napa Valley um, uh, group that was pissed. I, I think no one else in the whole country cares. I think Napa is just full of, of Karens. <laughs> so I actually found out about Picasso through a Planet Money uh, episode where they talked about Picasso and these um, neighbors that hated them so much. And when I was listening to it, I was like, you know what? I, I like Picasso. This seems like a good idea. And that's how, why we got him on the, on the episode. But yeah, I think those, uh, those NIMBYs, those not my backyard Karens, they're just, you know, they're just idiots. I, I, I like Picasso's not even a um, short-term rental. Like it's, it's like really not that big deal. It's like, wh- what if you just owned a house with six people? Yeah, I agree. That's why I thought maybe they could have this issue with homeroom too, because there's not only is it six people, but it's six people at the same time where Picasso's just one at a time. And this is all six at the same time. So potential issues, but who knows? Maybe they're maybe they're cooler in Texas. <laughs> yeah. And I also think uh like in general, like you know, it's 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 not that different, you know, from a house with roommates. Like it's you know, and, and I think people have to sign, I don't d- I don't remember. Uh, what did Johnny say? Uh, do they have to sign a six month or a year lease? He did have a certain term. You do have to sign. I, I don't know the exact terms, but yes. Yeah. So it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's not like short term, you know, uh, tenants, you know, if they're staying for six months or a year. They're basically just roommates. Yeah, totally. And then there's one other thing I want to touch on that I have noticed in our last mm, five or six episodes one company has come up three times in that. So okay. I just wanted to point that out because it might be something to look into. So it is the company that allows you to do all these virtual tours of all these properties. So Johnny uh. brought it up in his rooms that everyone has it. Uh, Picasso had it so you could view their homes and also our virtual reality picks for the metaverse universe also pointed out this stock as something to watch for. And it's uh, Matterport. It is those like 360 cameras that give you these virtual tours of these homes. I like it. I, I think uh, their tech um, from what I've seen, like I haven't really used it myself, but like the, the concept of it, I kind of I understand what it is. I think that's going to get more and more popular because people don't need to go and physically 
look at places until they're like very ready to buy or move in. Uh, I was actually going to buy this property sight unseen. So I would have just trusted the the, the virtual tours and the, and the videos. Yeah, they look really good. It's like it's a, you can check out like every you know square inch of a property. So maybe something to keep an eye on. Uh, Matterpark is a public stock, so something to check out there. Uh, with that, I think when this airs, we had just done our second Boss Insider. Why don't we talk about that uh, a little bit? Yeah, guys, it, there's so much happening in the Patreon. Um, if you're not a member yet, it's only five bucks a month and you get access to not only these boss insiders, we actually get to talk to some of the CEOs and these past guests in a small group setting. Usually there's about you know 30 people logged in. So you can, you know, um, ask your questions. You can talk to you know, these, these CEOs of these huge companies and ask them whatever questions you want. Uh, and you get access to kind of uh, insider things that we don't share publicly uh, Sam is super open with his portfolio. He talks exact numbers in there. Uh, I shared my actual spreadsheet with like to the penny of how much I have in each account. And every time I do a new trade or a new buy, I put it in there uh, that same hour. Uh, actually, because I'm not spending a hundred grand uh, with this mortgage, I've been kind of holding on to this this money. I'm going to be buying a significant amount probably like 20, 30 grand worth of something that you never thought I would buy. So I'll, I'll post another Patreon in a few days when it clears. You're such a tease, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> so not only that, like Patreon is becoming like a, a full-time job for us now. So we're tr really trying to add value for everyone in there. And I think we're giving the best value we've ever given with Patreon, especially considering you can get in for just five bucks a month. So every month we're going to do a boss insider call. We got another mastermind coming up that we do those every quarter where we all get together and talk about our investment ideas. Those are always fun. And it's just great meeting everybody. Uh, quarterly updates from Johnny and Sam are in there, like Johnny mentioned. And we also have some new uh, insider deals coming that we're not totally ready to, to release all the details yet, but it, we're going to give you access to exclusive deals with exclusive terms that are just going to be available for, you know, our iLab patrons. So, so much cool stuff coming very soon. Yeah. So if you guys haven't joined yet, just go to investlikeaboss.com, click on join Patreon and sign up there. Promise you it's worth it. Everyone who signs up ends up just upgrading uh, to pay for uh, a year at a time just because they, they know they want to stick around and you get a little discount for that. So uh, JW, thank you for being on the show again. Uh, livehomeroom.com is the site where you can check out how to lease a room uh, as well as how to invest. And if any of you end up investing, let us know either in the Patreon group or in the boss lounge, because I would love to hear it and love to check out your place and see how it goes. All right. Awesome. With that, I think we will get out of here. I'll talk to you later, Johnny. All right. Ciao guys. Thanks for listening to the Best Like a Boss podcast. Join our mailing list at bestlikeaboss.com to get exclusive access to our insider investment folios and our private members forum. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends and leave us a review in the iTunes store. It helps more than you know. See you guys next week.